it's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. Brace yourselves. Here it comes. Uh, so a lot tonight, actually. Um, let's see. I took Zip's advice. Oh. Uh, oh. For I, once. For once in my <laughs> life. Record for once setting in my life. Well, Zip, you know, frequently recommends television shows like McHale's Navy and things that he's just <laughs> discovered. <laughs> anyway. Joe Flynn just... Fractures. Yeah. <laughs> Hawaii 5-0. Book them, Dano. Book them, Dano. Uh, no, but I, I, took, I, I took his advice, and uh, Lisa and I are about two-thirds the way through that Hulu show, McCartney 321. Yes. And I must say, you undersold it. Wow. I did not undersell it. I was raving about it. That was it's still underselling so- it. It yeah, is it's such so a interesting. Uh, it's so interesting. It's crazy. Do you think everyone will be as interested as we are because we're I'm allegedly, but you're a musician? Um, you know, probably not. Probably not. I think we're aged ourselves a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, no, but it is fascinating. No. What do you mean, Zip? I have no <laughs> idea. What do you mean what aged are like of course you'll be interested in it if you're in our demo because you yeah. know McCartney, but what I meant is this is a very different kind of interview documentary. I've never seen anything like it. Well, I thought it was really cool. Did you see the strips of tape that were lying on top of the console? Yes. And you know, yeah, by Jesus, the way, we should bring hey, the audience in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you got this what's it. the producer's name, Ruben? Yeah, I Rick don't Rubin. even know his first name. Is it Rick Rubin? Yeah, might have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a famous producer. I, I don't know him from Adam because I haven't memorized producers' names, but he's looks yeah. like Lee Sklar, the bass player. That's yeah, he's got if, that super long hair. If he and all three members of ZZ Top <laughs> were a hundred year old years old and and cloned a baby together, yeah. easy. Dusty Hill just passed. Let yeah. let, oh, let the body get cold. For when did he sake. pass? Today. Uh, yeah. Oh no, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Dusty passed? <laughs> uh, yesterday, for you people listening on podcast. No, but seriously, one of the members of ZZ Top died. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but today. aren't they booked? They, he can't. They're booked all summer. The crews, yeah. You've got, they're going to have to have a stand it. Well, you know. So are they? Wow. You can't replace. I mean, if it's only three guys in the band. Right. Oh, that's, that's sad. How, who can grow a beard that fast without hormones? Okay. Sorry. Too soon. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I committed a faux. Pas. I, I tell you, I've been caught. He's a couple still of, at the corner. A couple of faux pas, by the way, which I'm going to ask you, and they're on Facebook, so maybe you saw them. I want to know if I really did anything wrong. But back to McCartney, three, two, one. Yes. To stay focused, um, it's a very different kind of show. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before, in that it's somewhat random. And it's, um, there's no big style production. Uh, I mean, it's essentially Rick Rubin, this incredible producer, sitting down with apparently their old friends, Paul McCartney, in a little studio room that has what looks like an ancient mixing console, probably from around the era where the Beatles were making four-track recordings, And on this console, he has, as Zip mentioned, strips of tape, which are, uh, you would put a strip of tape at the bottom of the console, and you would write on it, 
with reference what track is on right a magic marker kick drum snare or just drums bass guitar it might say paul john backwards guitar you know oh maxwell's silver hammer was actually uh this guy mel who was their roadie hitting an actual anvil with a hammer was it yeah because you know, they didn't have samples back then. I was going to say, kick it analog. What the hell? He was sitting there and he was like, dink, dink, on, on the thing. And they, have, and they have a video of it. But mostly it's unproduced. Mostly it's just McCartney sitting around talking with this guy. And the challenge, uh, and I did read a few reviews about this. I'm stealing some of this analysis. The challenge is how do you take a guy, 79 years old, right. who has, is one of the most interviewed musicians of all time, Mm-hmm. And how do you produce a six-episode documentary and get him to say something fresh that he's never said before? Right. It's very difficult. And a lot of the stories in there, uh, most of them I've never heard before. Right. But a lot of them, you know, this uh, article points out where he has said some of them in the past. But he pulls out observations and references that have never before been spoken well i think i I no, i think he uh, you know ruben was refreshing his memory i i thought he was (laughs) no i thought paul was like tickled it was john paul george and come on ringo 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 (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean it that way just but you know and and ruben is just raving about creativity and and mccartney's kind of going wow yeah that was pretty cool it was an amazing body of work that's what we did just that's the way Paul really McCartney important. is, actually. He's just—he's yeah. pretty matter-of-fact matter of fact about stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've—and I, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Well, there's no contest on this show, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. You're not going to so, empty the prize closet. But so I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll, I'll mention a few things about it. Number one, so much of the Beatles' music, when when you look back on it, and what makes this show something you've never seen before is soloing tracks on songs. Uh, because as one article that I, I read points out, you know, you, you, when you, um, when you remember something, this is brain science, the more you retrieve and recount a memory, the more you actually change. Because every time you think of something or tell a story, you refile that story the way you told it. And so the stories change uh, over the years. And with Paul McCartney, is he remembering or is he remembering, remembering the story? Brain science. We may never know. And it's true. The older we get, I mean, we have nostalgic memories that we enshrine in. And seriously, every time we tell them, you know, one of the things I've noticed as I get older, if I look back on what I really did. Mm hmm was what a freaking idiot I was and how I had no freaking clue. Even though I'd like to think, well, I did it. I accomplished it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So much, uh, I would say, was accidental and so much was fate. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Lisa tonight after we watched episode four uh, that what I really related to with Paul McCartney was that I was blessed and lucky to have the right people come into yeah. my life right. whether it be uh, zip at that point mm-hmm. or spike or joe or ed today 
Um, it, it's all about that magic. And, and for the Beatles, I'll just give you one story that Paul tells. You know, they're touring in Hamburg, and they've got this drummer, Pete Best. Right. They've got a friend of John's who John went to art school with named Stu Sutcliffe on the bass. I read about that. Yeah. yeah. And Paul is playing, you know, some piano with his back to the audience, which he didn't like because he's a show-off. <laughs> and John and uh, George are playing guitars. And so Stuart Suff Sutcliffe, who eventually would die of a brain hemorrhage, that right. we all know. Mm -hmm. But he meets a girl and falls in love and wants to stay in Hamburg, Germany. Which means that the, the three guitarists look at each other and one of them has to play the bass. <laughs> so they hand the Hoffner and the well, rest is history. <laughs> the, the, and this is a story I've never heard before. But Paul McCartney fancied himself potentially a lead guitarist. Huh. And um, something happened on one gig in Hamburg where he froze and uh -huh. freaked out and had tremendous stage fright and couldn't play lead guitar. So uh, at that point, he he um, when the t when the three of them were talking about we've got a one of us has got to play bass. Both George and John said, "Not me, I'm playing guitar." <laughs> <laughs> and so the way Paul got to play bass is he was like, "Oh, I guess I I guess I'll do it because he wanted his to, character. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to face the crowd, but as a result of this, and this comes out in so many songs when they solo the bass lines. Paul McCartney is a lead bass player. Yes, and very melodic. Yes. Yeah, and, he's uh, a master of melody. He really, truly is in every element. That's his deal. And when they keep soloing his bass tracks, Rick Rubin keeps noticing, that, that doesn't sound like a bass. I've never heard anyone play bass like that. And then Paul, almost as if making an excuse, would say, yeah, but when the verse comes in, I, I lay back. <laughs> And then as soon as there's room, I go crazy, you know. Then I step up front. Yeah. And so uh, to know that, first off, that a guy like Paul McCartney at an early point in his career could have extreme panic attack stage fright is freaky. It's not as freaky as you think, Bob. <laughs> no, John actually, Lennon is with us. John, how yes, are you? Yes, he was quite the panty waste. I'm well as I can be, I suppose. <laughs> For being dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> John Lennon from heaven. John, it's it's great to hear your voice. It's been so long. Yes, was it something I said, Bob? Yeah. Do you get <laughs> do you get do you get Hulu in heaven? Can you see this McCartney three two one special? No, I mostly just have access to the phone. You know, you say goodbye, I say hello. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nope, you don't. Well, seriously, you're in heaven, I assume. Yes. Up there, don't they have all the pay TV channels? Don't they have a a comp subscription? No, you know, they've got water walls and there's celestial, you know, shows each evening and uh, in the morning, if you like getting up that early. It's not oh. the thing for me, you know. So, so you, you haven't even seen Mayor of East Town or the Queen's no, Gambit? No, this, I, this is, you know, it's so beautiful up here. Everything's, right. you know, wall to wall, teal and orange and these <laughs> lovely colors and all. You don't really need a show after all. You know? Right. <laughs> well, if you get a chance, you could pull some strings, I'm sure, and get Hulu if you wanted. But but they're mostly lead strings, unlike Paul, you know, with his big fat <laughs> fingers and his big fat bass, sure, you know, his sure. bass strings and yeah. all that this ridging sound as he was trickling, trickling up and down and, you know, showing off and stepping up front and all that. You know. Now, you and Paul were mates. and Back in the day, we were, yeah. Yeah, and despite the fact that you, you 
grumbled a little at each other. What a what an incredible uh, what an incredible fortune the two of you to have found each other and worked together. Well, you know, like everybody's, you know, they all just dwell upon the negative like they do. You know, it's a yeah. human nature thing. In fact, with the lads were quite good friends. We were hanging like we always did and mates in Liverpool within the sound of the bells, you know, going for a fire, a pearl diver, fish and chips, whatever. <laughs> we had one wee tiff and everybody's on it like paint, sure. you know. They just put, uh-huh. goes into the tabloids and they just run with it. So I want to ask you about this. It doesn't sound like you remember anything about the Beatles, but this is wonderful. Um, I want to ask you about this one story that Paul tells on the show, and that's that one night, Ring, uh, one night, Pete Best couldn't make a gig, and Ringo from yeah. what, what was he? Was he with Rory Storm and the Hurricanes? Yeah, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> anyway, Ringo sat in. And the way Paul tells it, and of course he's 79 years old, he's telling it from memory. Yeah, we'll be getting together again soon. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, John. That's that's too soon, yes. Uh, anyway, the way he tells it, um, when uh, Ringo Starr filled in and the three of you were standing out front, yeah, yeah. that there was this... I, I don't want to quote uh, a different you artist, but <laughs> you know there was this magic moment that happened where you all looked looked at each other. Moment, yeah. yeah. And was that the moment that Pete Best was fired? Basically, basically we gave him his walking papers. You <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. So, and Ringo Starr was just—he was so good. And what, he was. It's a shame he was so ugly. I didn't know if that was his nose <laughs> or if he was eating a banana. <laughs> Now, by the way, that's not the way Paul remembers it. Paul basically says that Ringo was uh, suave and debonair and sophisticated and was older than you guys by a couple of years. No, and- no, it wasn't suave and, de- suave and debonair. It was suave and debonair. That's what the newspapers right. got it wrong. But uh, seriously, he had the girls, and he would do this thing. Uh, Paul was impressed with this. He would light two cigarettes in his mouth and give yeah, one yeah. to the girl. It was He'd seen that on a movie somewhere. Right, he had, yeah. yeah. And, he loved the cinema. And he was actually, back then, <laughs> considered good-looking uh, by everybody. By most. You know, there were some girls that are fetish, you know, because they told me that kissing him was like driving into a two-car gar- garage, you know. <laughs> All right. John, it's a... Uh, don't you have something to do? <laughs> God, I hope so. That's <laughs> good. It's really... John Lennon, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give him I a round you, of Yoko. <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs> All right. Let's get Ed back. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was startling. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh. All right. All right, let me okay. get under control. That was awesome. Did you stop? So, uh, uh, I was trying to be semi-serious, but that's I gone. And it was such a beautiful moment. Well, so here's why I love this thing. And by the way, everyone uh, should see it. My wife is loving it. So if any, like, she won't watch any science fiction with me and she won't watch anything. In other words, she has no patience unless it's good. Yeah. I think that for a musician or someone in show business, it works on a whole other level because it's so, uh, yes, Paul knows he's good. But he's so humble about he, how lucky everything really was. And, yeah. and when he's asked to describe, like, how did you make this great stuff? He said, well, we started just, you know, doing covers when we knew we could write songs. 
And he said, uh, here's one thing he said. Back then, there was no portable recorder. There was no phone that you could... Yes, yeah, so they had to practice, yeah. right? Well, no, he said this. If you wrote a song, you had to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easy when you're young. <laughs> well, and, and what he said was, so we purposely wrote stuff that would be easy to remember. <laughs> and in a way, that's part of why it was a hit. And mainstream, yeah. Yeah. And he said, so I would write something and I would go to sleep. And the next morning I would go, oh, how did that go? And I'd be remembering it. And he'd be, as you're writing it, you want to make it memorable. Right. And he, in a way, he says it's kind of a lucky thing about that. Fortunate. Zip, but, you're the real musician. Is the uh, Beatles stuff easy to uh, memorize and play and get down? I mean, you, Ringo played left hand. He played, you know, as a southpaw, he played them backwards. What do you do when you have to play a Beatles song and, and cop his chops? You know, it's funny that this one band I'm in, we play, we do a, like a Beatles set. And um, it's, uh, he played so well in time and energetically. Yeah. He really drove the band. He, yeah, really he was the best did. musician in the band in the beginning, yeah. was he not? He really he was. Did. And, and Paul speaks about that in, in that uh, he, Paul basically says he solidified the band and inspired them all. And then when they got in the studio and they had a little fame, because here they are, 20 years old, and they're number right. one. Right. Um, then they got bold and just decided to break all the rules. So uh, what strikes me is there was, you know, here's this guy who had stage fright and a panic attack in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. But then a few years later, he's telling the engineers at Abbey Road, he's like... I, I need you to turn the treble all the way up on that. And he was like, you shouldn't turn the treble. All. He's like, turn oh. it all the way up. And then when they turn it all the way up, he goes, no, I need it higher. And they go, well, that's all there is. And then he yeah. goes, pipe it to another channel and treble it again. Yeah. And then they would do it because... Distortion. Right? Well, they were the Beatles. And, yeah. and then he would go, give me one more channel. And that's how they created this, the guitar sound for Nowhere Man. And what it is is they instinctively knew... You could make some harsh, hard rock, grungy, distorted sound, and then if you put a nice bass underneath it and mix it just right, you've created a, a record. You've created a sound no one else can create. And that's what they were into, just always making new stuff and pushing the limits. Because back then, who did... <laughs> right? <laughs> Keep going, music. keep going. That's that came from heaven. I, I, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and and even you are doing that now, just with your vocal cords. I mean, well, you know, I just moved into the sweet yeah. spot and overdrove it <laughs> the same way they did. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and um, and so much of what they did, I, I don't want to say it was accidental. What's what's in inspiring about it is it was fearless. Yeah. And we live in a world now. We're basically told to be afraid of everything. Right. And LSD isn't nearly as, uh, you know, prolific. Because <laughs> I think a lot of their uh, lack of inhibitions was probably inspired by some substances. Uh, interesting. Point. Zip, what do you, uh, you've seen all six episodes. I've only, I'm only on episode four. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think they talked a little bit about smoking pot in the early days. Yeah, I honestly don't think it was the drugs. I honestly think it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. Moxie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, uh, uh, certainly we were all, and, and he does mention that the, 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 
he does mention some things were psychedelically influenced. Right. But what it really was was their creative, fearless spirit. And what I get out of the show is, you know, it makes me want to also be fearless. Because all of the best stuff I ever did was when I was fearless. Well, they also, you know, back in the day there at, at uh, uh, Abbey Road, you know, studio time was super expensive, you know, and, yeah. and they showed up and they went to work. It was, it wasn't, uh, you know, like the Stones with Keith Richards wandering in at 3.30 <laughs> oh, in the yeah. morning yeah. to the wrong studio. <laughs> you know. yeah. Although after they'd been doing it for a few years, the Beatles, you could take as long as you like. Yes, yeah. Paul, whatever you need. And he even tells a story at one point where there, uh, another band is in the other room working on this little album called Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, just a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pink Floyd. And, and they would trade, and this guy named Robert Moog, or Moog, or however you say his yeah, name. Yeah, Moog, yeah. He was in there, and he's like, I got this new synthesizer. You want to try it out? And there's like <laughs> pictures of them all saying, yeah, let's put that on Maxwell's Silver Hammer. And it just... It's all random, and if you I don't care if you believe in God or whatever, but the right people coming into your life at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, so much uh, joy and love just, you know, it's just a blessing. You uh, think they pulled it from the universe, divine intervention, combination of the two? Well, you know, I, I don't know how God works. Like, I don't know if he goes, gosh. Full time, from what I hear. All, all of these wars and all of this fighting and stuff in Vietnam, you know, they could really use the Beatles right now. Let's make <laughs> the Beatles. Because, you know, when you think about it, how much joy was brought in by, by that band? Did I lose you guys? No, no, no. I was just no, actually no. thinking about being on the all night show and how, how you know, when the Beatles stuff would come on, mm. you would just kind of kick back, and not put your put your feet up, but you would, you know, close your eyes with the headphones off mm. and listen in the monitors because you wanted to hear the detail. Absolutely. All right. Production quality. So a uh, couple of other things uh, on the show tonight. Downtown Joe will be back. He was so funny last week. He was hilarious. Uh, and on, And by the way, that's vintage Joe. I, I mean, without if, trying that's the beauty of it well no he's trying oh he's yeah. he's sly like a dumb fox i'll tell you <laughs> yeah but what it is is he takes just some something that you would wouldn't even think could be a bit like i right. found a great credit card offer <laughs> and he has you fascinated about it and yeah. i by the way i tried to pitch it to lisa i'll tell him about it later uh so we have downtown joe coming we also have comedian andrew rivers how does he keep getting booked <laughs> on the show and uh and a few other things um i i mentioned this to zip the other day but he already forgot about it oh npr sunk to a new low last week it may be the lowest low i've ever seen npr sink to seen or heard are we talking pbs or npr it's npr okay. uh, oh and was it pbs or npr no it's npr.org uh-huh. National Public Radio, uh, but they also, you know, they have web pages and stories. Mm-hmm. And I saw a news item from NPR that was pure chum bucket stuff. Yeah, total clickbait. By now, know. you've heard the story, so when I read the headline, you'll know what the story is. But I saw this headline as, as a. Olympic 
Olympic dress code virgin. <laughs> okay. This is before okay. you know the controversy last week about all yes. the what the women girl. have to wear. Yeah. So here's what the headline read on the NPR story. A women's beach handball team is fined for not wanting to wear bikini bottoms. That's that is total chum bucket. It's chum bucket, right? <laughs> oh because man, my a... my reptilian brain went. <laughs> yeah, they want to oh, go naked on the bottom. <laughs> They're just stealing the, the the yeah the techniques from other lesser sites. Well, and can you believe that NPR would do that? That they would make me think of bottomless volleyball, and I felt bad because I well, first off, anytime I see a chum bucket headline. Yeah. I go, oh, man, that's my reptile brain. I'm not going to listen. But my hand is connected to my reptile brain, and it clicks on the story. <laughs> and, and since you've been to talking to me about that and how it's just designed mm. as clickbait, I've been resisting it more. So yeah. thanks for that. So I did click on it. And it turns out it isn't that they didn't want to wear their bikini bottoms. It's that they wanted to wear something to cover up more. Right. Which I totally support. Uh, and I got into a discussion on Facebook with some old friends, including some gals I went to high school with. Yeah. And I, and by the way, I got in trouble. Oh, God. it's not that hard now, Bob. Let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very easy Therein to say lies that. the issue. It's difficult not to get in trouble. I yeah. know. I just did. Yeah. I mean, if I run the wrong So career. here's what happened. I put, I, I put up, uh, not that story, but a different story. There was a story that had a picture of the various different kinds of, uh, it, it showed the guys wearing loose-fitting shirts and loose-fitting shorts. Yeah. And it, then it showed these girls, uh, I think they were track stars, wearing the skimpiest yeah. of bottoms. And, and basically I said, hey, gals, I'd like your input on this. Um, I don't think that anybody, you know, if, if someone's being forced to wear something they don't want to, that definitely rankles me. But what if someone wants, you know, to show off their physique? Should right. they not, not be allowed to? Anyway, no one even got to answer my question because I immediately got chastised oh boy. for using the word gals. Yeah, and I, I, that that one always smacks me in the ear when you do yeah. it too. As but... if you're you're a Facebook stalker. Did you see that? Post? <laughs> you know, I did. I did not. No, okay. I did not. I wasn't looking at Facebook because he never responds to anything. But he's a lurker. <laughs> he's a lurk, lurk. Yeah. He's the Lechoy yeah. dragon. There's in fact, I'm sure record. he lurks around all that clickbait too. <laughs> do you do you ever click on it, or are you above that sort of thing? What the clickbait stuff? Yeah. Ah, no, I'll, I'll look. It okay. usually has a picture attached. Do you, you turn know, on the virtual private network on your computer Welch. before you look so that you're <laughs> VPN that service provider? Yeah. No, I don't. Okay, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. So, and by the way, a couple of the gals. See, I, I say gals. Ah. A couple of the girls. Oh, and I'm not supposed to call women, them girls. Women. A couple of the women. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna have to train myself. They are. Um, they chastised me, and I and I said why, and they said because that harkens from a time when men were entitled to just grab and pinch someone's ass if they felt like it. Right. Do yourself a favor, Bob. The next time that you get on with them, take my advice and just say, "You members of the tender gender." Do <laughs> go. <laughs> 
If I had as much confidence as a 20-year-old Paul McCartney, I'd try 50 different possible ways to insult my friends, but no. So, uh, and, and then we ended up having a discussion. I said, well, I'll own it because it doesn't mean that to me. To me, it's a respectful, a gentle, it's a gentleman type of thing to say. But when I thought about it and I thought of episodes of Mad Men, yeah. and, and here's the thing. It doesn't mean that to me because I was brought up to always be polite yeah. and, in fact, afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, re it's reductive to them, though. It's reductive, and I think it depends on your experience. Yeah. And so well, what I, I, too many people saw Mad Men. That's the problem. <laughs> well, but but that to me is just a show. And yeah. so what I what I said was, look, if uh, I'm not going to worry too much about this. In fact, I um, I said if once I know your preference, right, I would always respect your preference. I said my wife even gets mad at me because yeah. sometimes I'll say yes, ma'am, and she go, I am not, ma'am. Oh, yeah. She does, and she sounds exactly like that, by the way. Well, it's funny that. you mention this because I was just watching The Office this week, and I realized that that could not be made now. Oh, so many shows could not be made now. Yeah. But I didn't think something as new as The Office would be that offensive as far as today's standards go. Well, and again, be careful. Be careful. Again, I'm inspired by Paul McCartney tonight. Mm, yeah. Uh First off, intent matters. Uh, the, I, and if you I, I don't have yeah. ill intent, yeah. how freaking scared of being on eggshells should you be? But then there's the old man in the park. So, uh, you know, she, Lizzie had an uncle who used to call her Boobzilla in her teens. You know, and that's, you know, he was, so he that was, was coming like three from weeks ago, right? Because Lizzie's no. only 19 and a half now. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> Sorry. But and when she, she was he used a to call her Boobzilla. In, all right. That's you know. that's Aqualong in the park is different. And he was yeah, and he was thinking that he was just being funny, and yes. it, she was it was probably oh, traumatizing her. That was uh, former President George Herbert Walker Bush's <laughs> era. No, it was it was. Yes. And, and by the way, those guys you know should be chastised. But here's the thing: it's not the same as being Jeffrey Epstein. It's like oh yeah, I'm sorry, well, you know. And so I apologized. In fact. We had a nice little interchange about it, and I was like, you know, it's not a terrible crime. I, I would respect your—of course I would respect— And I said, in fact, why don't we just call it a misdemeanor? Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that must have went over. <laughs> I, no, I, she, she gave me a, a smiley face on that. It was okay. fine. It, it was fine. We're old friends. But, uh, but still, I thought, wow. You know, gals. I mean, you don't say old friends, Bob. You say long time friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No. In yes, fact, yes. she corrected me. I said, "We're not that old." She was like, "Yeah, we are." Um, <laughs> there's a girl yeah. I had the hots for in high school. Okay. And we're now old Facebook friends, and I, you know, I I don't care what you say about. Again, it's it's different for everybody, but for me, intent is what matters. Mm -hmm. I'd like to. Think we could promote a world where we're less concerned with being politically correct and more concerned with showing good intent to people. Hmm. And okay. uh, where we have, you know, where we agree that if someone's offended, instead of freaking out and ripping you a new one, yeah. which itself is invasive, mm -hmm. that you, you would instead say, hey, I'd prefer if you didn't call me that. I would be like, sure. So you would have left all those statues from uh, north of south of the Mason-Dixon in place, right, Bob? Well, but again, it's about intent. I I think that, um, and now you're going to get into the Cleveland. Uh, no, I won't. 
what is that team called now? The Cleveland Guardians? If they are now. Yeah. <laughs> Formerly the uh, Native Americans. But yeah. see, the way that all evolved is some folks said, hey, this hurts me. And some other right. people said, well, respect that. See, I'm for that. That's enlightenment. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, saying that I am a molester because I used a term that I meant innocently, that's a little bit much. But you know, then, I, yeah. when when Zip went on your Facebook page and page and called you Lester the molester, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't. <laughs> oh, stop! Co- that's old. cool. That's so old. We're not that old, are we? But it's an old joke. He's an yeah. old guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, a woman's beach handball team fined for not wanting to wear bikini bottoms. Actually, they put on some. Uh, I forget what you call they're like spandex shorts. Yeah, and they look great. And I. I've never watched the Olympics and thought, yeah, we need more butt floss. We need to see more. You know, that just wouldn't occur to me. But if I see someone, and I never got an answer on this from the track team, if I see some women in the track team that want to show off their incredible muscles and their incredibly honed bodies, like the uh, they do an issue of Sports Illustrated every year. Right. Don't they, yeah, they do. do nude bodies and it's all amazing fit people? I don't think they're new. It's a swimsuit edition. Yeah, swimsuit. Yeah. No, no, no. They do a, no, they do a nude. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> it won't take long. It's the internet. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> um, go, Flash, go. Sports Illustrated makes history with nude, unedited project. Publishes nude, unedited. Yeah, they do a bunch of this stuff. Anyway. So staving off obsolescence is what that's called, yeah. I guess. Everybody's got to compete with the internet. Mm-hmm. So, um, I forgot where I was going. With the girls wearing uh, things and wanting to show off their physiques. Oh, yeah. If they yeah. want to, I mean, if this is the thing. Yeah, endorsement dollars. Uh, if they want to look attractive, and I, don't, I shouldn't use the word show off, but if they want to proudly um, show off their physique, I guess show off is the right two words. Um, should they not be allowed to? Because we want to make sure that nothing's offensive to anybody. Well, show off or reveal? I mean, you know, if, if you I, You allow... would have to look at each individual picture, which I know yeah. you would find enjoyable. Um, <laughs> I could, um, but, yeah. but literally, some of these were really skimpy bottoms. And, yeah. and, and here's the bottom line. If no one should ever do anything... That out of their comfort they, zone. Out of their comfort zone that they don't right. want it to. Mm-hmm. So. And just for, so you're not a revisionist historian, Zip, you're on record here. We were all nude at nude stock, okay? <laughs> all right. He can't, yes. he can't whitewash that one. No. Why would I? <laughs> Saying he was wearing a banana hammock under the picnic table because I was there and he was naked as a jaybird. As were you. As was <laughs> eventually. Eventually. Yeah, it took him a while to yeah. get comfortable. Uh, and it's all fine. But uh, it was on gosh, stage after all. Crazy, crazy. Okay. Um, this is a story I don't want to gloat about. Wish me luck. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Said the man Jim. known for his humility. <laughs> well, Do you know Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney is a friend of mine. And you, sir, I know Paul McCartney, and you're no Paul right. McCartney. There's a talk radio talk show host named Phil Valentine. He happens to work for Cumulus, which uh, all three of us uh, work for Cumulus in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to be polite about this. He is a right-wing talk show host who uh, 
has been anti-vax. Uh, vocal opponent of the vaccine, yes, in fact. Yes, he was. Are you familiar with him? Yes, I am. I mean, not his act, but I'm familiar with the story. Yeah. Oh, you're familiar. So yeah. uh, as of two days ago, he's on a ventilator with right. COVID-19. And, um, you know, when I see this story, you know, pastor tells his congregation not to fall for that vaccine BS, and then he dies— Right. Sir, there's a reptile part of me, the same thing that clicks on the Bikini Bottom story. says <laughs> 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 That's the Darwin effect. Let, well, that, let it go. that says, I told you so. Right. Right. Um, but there's also, uh, there's the more thinking part of me that respects everybody. The uh, cerebral That side. says, oh, I hope he gets better and maybe he could be an advocate now. And as it turns out, um, there's a uh, his radio station put out a statement, which is not the same as him talking, but it says Phil would like for his listeners to know that while he has never been an anti-vaxer, oh. <coughs> he Dang. regrets not being more vehemently pro-vaccine. Oh, so here's a t- here's a right-wing talk show host who has never been something that he's documented as being, and he regrets not being more vehemently nice. You learn so many things on death's door, yeah. don't you? <laughs> but the word vehemently is not vehemently. A, a loving word. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> and he looks forward to being able to more vigorously advocate that position as soon as, you know, as soon as he lives, as soon as they take the tube out of him. Oh, come on. That came right off of a word process program wow. from one of his minions. Um, his brother was more honest. His brother Mark said, the fact of the matter is a lot of people didn't get the vaccine because he didn't. Yeah. And by the way, if you buy that, he has never been an anti-vaxxer. Then you didn't hear his parody that he was running called Vax Man to the Beatles Tax Man, which mocked the vaccine. Uh, I would like to hear that, actually. Is that online? (laughs) I don't know. You're the uh, guy with the yeah. lightning fast fingers, after all. Uh, Valentine has also received rem- remdesivir injections. Yeah, same thing that Trump had. Same thing Trump had and has been mm-hmm. proned, which is a new technique they have to flip you on your stomach so fluid in the lungs cannot right. settle. So he's really seriously ill, and I do hope oh, yeah. he gets better. Uh, he's also been advised to sing, which is one of the things they tell severely hurt COVID patients to do, because it'll actually... Uh, clear out your lungs right. so they um in critical care they asked him to sing to clear out his lungs guess what song he chose Va- uh, the vax man no frank sinatra's my way <laughs> <laughs> and now <laughs> the end's literally near <laughs> oh, we should not laugh should not i'm lie. sorry uh, but given his history you know yeah i mean he could dish it out so i hope he gets better and we'll, we'll keep an eye on that yeah. And, you know, no matter who they are and what mistakes they've made, there's somebody's dad or somebody that loves them that will be yes. harmed by their passing. And, you know, yeah. people like all of us should be loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a tall order. <laughs> all right. Let me uh, let me ask you guys a question before we bring downtown Joe or Andrew Rivers on. I don't know who's on first. <laughs> um, how many Greek philosophers are you familiar with? Oh man! Go ahead. How many Plato, can you name? Socrates, uh, uh, those two for sure. 
Play-Doh, yeah, Socrates. You got the we, two out of, you got, by the way, you got two out of Casey Kasem's top three. <laughs> <laughs> and now moving up the charts, here comes Aristotle. <laughs> you got it. Ed, those are the top three Greek philosophers. Did you know That's that? not true. The, the one in Canada, it's a little different because we had um, Euripides, uh, Canadian philosopher, the a Greek philosopher of farting. Euripides. No, uh, yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That is terrible. Uh, yes. So the most famous Greek philosopher, uh, according to Casey Kasem, is uh, Socrates, credited with being one of the founders of what we now think of today as Western philosophy. Or as we call them down in Atlanta, Socrates. <laughs> Socrates. Yeah. You might be a philosopher. So I'm watching. Uh, and by the way, there's a couple I like. Um, shoot. Who is the guy? who did uh, the only constant is change. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And then the only constant is change. Greek philosopher. Oh, I should have written it down. Um, Her Heracles. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It turns out when you hear an amazing saying, yeah. a lot of it, the time. It's miss. Yeah. It's all the way from 500 BC, which is kind of strange when you think like today what are the famous philosoph philosophical sayings of our time i don't know where's the beef when did that come? <laughs> the, great, the great greek philosopher just say no. silent green is people you know if you think about like the great things <laughs> that we the phrases we remember right yeah. <laughs> If what's up? <laughs> what's up? We, we have the meats. Yeah. yeah. Um, in other words, it's almost like with classic rock, the great you know musical uh, ideas were taken. Really great thinking occurred long before any modern conveniences, including indoor plumbing. The Romans. Right. All of this. I, I mean, man has not changed that much. The tools we had have changed dramatically. So um, I was watching a show that I didn't think I would like and I've gotten to really enjoy uh, for a couple of reasons. I, uh, I'll tell you the show. It's Star Trek Discovery. And I think I'm, on, I'm the only really real Trekkie in this show, right? Um, yes. Uh, Zip doesn't care for Trek. Yeah, I, I, I love I'm, William I'm old, Shatner. Yeah, the Bill Shatner version of I didn't. I never got into the new show with Jordy LaForge, and although I've had. Oh, you play, mean Star Trek Generation? Yeah, Next Generation, the yeah. best Star Trek of all time. You never <laughs> got into it. <laughs> I've had to do Patrick Stewart now and again. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next Generation is widely considered to be the best as far as the critics go. Mm, okay. uh, and really, Star Trek is just an examination of human nature. You could go all the way back to Greek philosophers, or you could go to the imaginary future, and we would always be solving the same problems. You know, racism, tribalism, uh, what's what's too much ambition, what's not enough ambition. You know, Collective good, yeah. religion. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of bigotry. And, um, and by the way, I don't use the word racism anymore. Mm-hmm. Because racism is too limiting. It limits it to race. It's a bigotry, right? Bigotry is another word we used to use called prejudice, mm. which means uh, deciding without any real thought or evidence and then applying it broadly, uh, unfairly, is bigotry or prejudice. And so that's a big theme of Star Trek, which you guys, you know, I'm not saying you should 
at this age, I'm not going to tell you what to do. No. But there's a lot of messages in the show. There's so, a book in there for you somewhere, Mr. Rivers. Maybe. <laughs> the Philosophy of Star Trek. Oh, by the way, you want me to Google it and see how many competitors there are? <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay. Just to see how many other monkeys are just banging away on, on their keyboards Tons. with the same idea. If I type in the philosophy of Star Trek, how I many, get how many, how many, how many I get four novels that come up immediately. Wow. wow. The philosophy of Star Trek, uh, the ethics of Star Trek, Star Trek philosophy, and the wrath, wrath of Kant, popular culture <laughs> and philosophy. I like that. That's a good turn of phrase. The ultimate Star Trek uh, philosophy, the search for Socrates. Mm. Um and by the way, you would. This is where I'm leading with this. I'm watching Star Trek Discovery, which is the newest Star Trek. It was panned in its first season, and I had to agree uh -huh. because I watched it when it came out like four or five years ago, and it was moving too fast. It had multiple storylines going on at once, and I'm like, I'm old. I just want Kirk and Spock. I want logic. <laughs> I want the doctor to say, I'm a doctor, not a mathematician. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it was too complex for me. And, uh, and so I actually lost interest. Well, now with all the binge watching we've been doing, Lisa goes to bed sometimes and I still, I, I feel like this is what's been going on. I defer to her. So I watch a lot of chick shows. You're I a watch, wise man. I, well, I enjoy them. I enjoy everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I watch what she wants to watch. And the other night I was feeling like I could use some Star Trek. I could use some science fiction. <laughs> I want to watch something that Lisa would hate, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the prime motivation. <laughs> a prime directive. And so, so I started watching Star Trek Discovery only season two. And damn if it didn't hook me. Yeah. And... um and I went, oh, this is getting good. And then I read later that they were panned the first season, so they had to sort of try and fix it. Right. And, and yet they have to keep it modern uh, for young people. Right. So at one point, they're, uh, one of the uh, it's Spock's sister, which is not going to mean anything to you guys, but you know who Spock is. And he has a half-sister who's really hot and, and looks a lot like... Um, Except for the one point a year. That doesn't work for me, but... <laughs> it's not a one point half sister. Half -sister. Gosh. Anyway, she looks like whom, Mr. Rivers? Um, I'm trying to think of who she looks like. Um, not Beyonce. Um, her name is Michael Burnham. Uh, one of the uh, show members had been through a, a severe amount of suffering, and uh, Michael says, you know, wisdom comes through suffering. Trouble with its memories of pain drips in our hearts as we try to sleep. And then they start talking together, and they go, yeah, that's uh, Aeschylus, the Greek philosopher. And I thought, yeah, well, if they lasted from 500 B.C. to 2021, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to make it to 2249. <laughs> <laughs> and how crazy is that? Because today you can hang on the back, uh, you can hang on a skateboard off the back of a pick pickup truck singing a Fleetwood Mac song, and go viral, right, on TikTok. But how crazy is it that <laughs> you could go viral in 500 BC if you had something wise enough and people would still be quoting it 2,500 years later?
And you didn't even need a bottle of cranberries. No. Uh, juice. <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right. Let's, uh, let's invite Andrew in and downtown Joe. Hang on. The Bob and Zip Show with Ned Kelly. All right. Andrew Rivers, uh, comedian extraordinaire, is there. And uh, I'm recording this for his uh, weekly father and son uh, video that he posts on Facebook that gets more views than all of us, actually. How are you, Andrew? I'm good. I, I My audio feels a little uh, messed up again, but... Uh, Let's see. Am I coming in all right? Well, what it is... Oh, it's is back you, now. You have a bunch of delay. Uh, does your roommate watch a lot of porn while we're doing this? <laughs> uh, no, he's just watching TV, so... Uh, but is he watching but, uh, Netflix? I, that shouldn't make a difference. I mean, I'm in uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, I've got some high-speed internet. Um, okay. Anyway, it sounds like it's fine now. Maybe it, I just it actually did out ju- for a second. It did just come back. Okay. All Welcome, right. Andrew Rivers. Sorry. How are you doing, son? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I am uh, reasonably well for, you know, a washed-up uh, old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you just. I figure uh, if I we, say it, he can't bring it up and tease me. Sure. Well, <laughs> you know what's funny? I did a news interview the other day for an upcoming show, and they were, you know, asking about the podcast. And I said, "Oh, we just no one really listens to it. We just stick him in front of a microphone until, uh, <laughs> you know, that way it prevents him from going senile and putting me in a home." Or, and you know, and the lady was good. like, she was very concerned. She was like, is he about to go in a home? And I was like, oh, I can't no, no, no. tell you jokes. That's so funny because, uh, yes, people might think you're serious. Um, yeah. So uh, you're coming out here, though. I'm very excited you're going to be in our neighborhood at some point. Probably too soon to talk about it and promote your gigs. But it's is it August, late August or September? Yeah, well, I'm planning on, well, the August 31st is when I start the tour with my buddy in, in Connecticut, in New Haven. Okay, that's and close. so um, I think August 1st is our show in Burlington or something like that, which he just posted is almost sold out, so mm. you might want to get some tickets to that, but uh, no rush. Okay. What club in New Haven? Uh, it's called Toads. Toads, Toads you're, Place. Sure. You're you're gonna play at Toads. Toads. That's Is that a, big a legendary? Okay. Seven hundred um, people fit in that place. Yeah, I mean, um, are you opening the, for a band? I, I saw the Stones no, I'm there. No, opening dude. for yeah, yeah. This he guy, saw the Steve Stones Hostetter. there, and Jim Morrison yeah. almost died that night, but he picked a different place to do it. <laughs> that's that's good. That's the lead singer from the Doors. Um, no, I'm on tour with uh, Steve Hofstetter, a guy I've been touring with for a lot of years, and. Um, this is kind of interesting is he was doing these tours sort of organically and filling 100 seats or something. And then I kind of figured out the Facebook marketing stuff. Sure. And then I sent it to him. And then he already has a library of, of viral videos on his own. So it was sort of like pouring gasoline on, um, you know, because I advertise and my videos aren't that good. And they're from a few years ago. And ho-hum uh but he's yeah. people we already heard, know we who heard he you're is. about to be put in a home actually we heard things were going <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah we i just did a run with him the week after i did my theater shows he did this run which included neptune theater which is 700 seats or something like that so um well you're you're selling out you know two 300 seaters and he's selling right. out a 700 so the two right. of you touring together you're good for each other yeah exactly yeah so it's gonna be a lot of fun 
All right. At but, one t- you know what's w- funny? You one time, okay. you know, everybody uh, opens for somebody, but uh, he's big, Steve Hofstetter. He's got a great following, and uh, uh, this is wonderful. Plus, he brings you to the East Coast. Absolutely. You know, um, it's hard to book gigs right now. You know, not a lot of stuff is the rotation is all messed up because usually a club would say like, hey, we're going to have you here every year or or every year and a half, you know, 18 months or whatever. But now nobody has been there for a year and a half. So right. uh, you're either their first choice or their last choice or somewhere in between. And so now, did, did you get lucky in that some of your older comics might have got COVID because they were hard right wingers and they're not in <laughs> oh, the rotation anymore. Really low, but <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. Um, have I'm sure there are some people that are uh, that are uh, maybe playing it safer and don't want to leave the house yet. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't ask why. I just uh, say thank you when I get a booking. Yeah. So I Absolutely. just uh, try to be grateful. Very polite. Who brought you up to Brings? Be so polite. I, <laughs> It wasn't oh, your mother. Uh, probably Lisa. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't what? her. Oh. <laughs> Get ugly up in here. Uh-oh. Anyway. All right. Well, I'm glad um, to hear well, that. Yeah, that I, yeah, that's good. What else is going on with you? Now, COVID is coming back, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you asked me a few weeks ago what I learned from traveling the country, and I didn't have a good answer, but I've given it some thought. And... Uh, <laughs> It was two things. I used to be embarrassed that I smoked pot, you know, until I started touring the country as a comedian and I realized how popular Oxycontin was, you know. (laughs) Not that big of a deal, yeah. But I think America needs another pandemic, you know. Not a full one, but just like a, you know, pandemic lights. There's a few people I've seen out and about that I'm like, I thought you weren't supposed to make it. So, um, yeah, this Delta variant... Is worrying they because they say the symptoms are similar to that of a chest cold. So lots of people don't know the the, the right. it's not as obvious that you have it, but it's it's very obvious when you have the United variant because they give you a bloody nose and send your suitcase to Topeka. <laughs> United. But um, the CDC wants masks again. You know they're saying that is going to be a thing, and LA already made it mandatory. Of course, Hollywood makes a shitty sequel nobody wants. But uh, the least vaccinated co- counties in America are counties that Trump overwhelmingly won in the election, which means. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to experience even more loss in 2021. So <laughs> I think I think they should uh, storm the hospitals and demand uh, they overturn the results of their COVID tests. But all right, that was a, that. You know, that was a, we stumbled a few times on the way to that punchline, but that That's was a good okay. one. Really, uh, you know, yeah. take, uh, you know, these are these are working it out. That's what yeah. you guys get the uh, the first oh, drafts and storm, then, uh, storm the hospital and uh, and demand an overturn of the count. I love it. Yeah, that's funny. But there's a story about a, a doctor in Missouri said that people are wearing costumes now to get vaccinated because they don't want anyone to recognize them. Or <laughs> I know. have not heard that. Yeah, which is it's very silly. Because, like, your family is going to find out when you're visiting them in the hospital. Uh, you know, when they're floating above you in the afterlife. But uh, I thought it would be funny to imagine what kind of costume would make an interesting experience at the hospital, you know? Mm-hmm. Like one of those, like, uh, 
there's the costume where it looks like the alien is kidnapping you. That could be fun. You know? <laughs> or like some kind of like a horse head. You come out and you're like, look at what the vaccine did to me. Just to scare the other people in line. Sure. <laughs> Change your um, DNA. Yeah. yeah. Come out with a Hillary Clinton mask. You know, oh, no. I'm going to get you all my pretties. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I stopped caring. You know, that was one of the side effects of my vaccine is I don't care anymore because... I can't imagine why people don't want to get a vaccine because to me it's very simple. You know, if I get the shot, only two things can happen. I get COVID and, you know, I have to stop smoking blunts for a couple of days. You know, what a (laughs) tough life. Or Johnson & Johnson kills me and then they can buy my family a yacht, which is more (laughs) financial contribution Uh, than I'm going to make working at the Chuckle Hut. So Before before you assume that... Um, see opioid crisis and how they get away with killing people. Sure. Yeah. It's the um, same way I feel about like flying on airplanes where I'm like, hey, if this goes down, somebody I love is getting very rich and that's good enough for me. But good enough. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like America isn't even ready to reopen yet. Like nothing really works yet. The restaurants aren't even open. It, like I've been touring since April and it feels like we're still doing a beta test of like reopening, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, like everywhere you go, I've had airport issues and they all complain like nobody wants to go back to work anymore, which is absurd <laughs> coming from these people where it's like, what do you mean when you fired everyone and they had to sell their used <laughs> underwear on Craigslist to pay their rent and they don't want to come back to work for you? That's so crazy. Yeah. You know? Why wouldn't they love you immediately as soon as you'll have the back? That's what I thought. Yeah. But I thought that this is going to... You know, we talked about this a couple of years ago where automation is going to be the future and this is only going to speed up that process, right? Because mm-hmm. robots can't get COVID and uh, and they don't have to pay them, which is, you know, one of the favorite things business owners mm-hmm. uh, love to do. But, um, you know, and it's funny, it's the same people like the robots are taking our jobs. Well, it was going to be 10 years, but you stopped showing up. <laughs> I don't, you know. I agree. Okay, thanks. I I don't actually know. So here's the thing, though. There's a lot of stuff that's um, that's believed about people like that they don't want to work. I don't actually know anybody who doesn't want to work. So it's just a narrative to me. But the other thing is that this whole idea that Republicans don't want to get vaccinated. Maybe it's just that all the Republicans I know are older. They're all very happy to get vaccinated. Or maybe we live in the North and not I the South. I guess you're North, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know anybody who's... I, I, I take that back. I know one anti-vaxxer. And he's in the hospital. <laughs> no, it's a she. And you oh, know her okay. too, Andrew. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll give you a clue. She used to change her diapers. Uh, and well, this was a long time ago, I should say. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> the woman who changes my diapers now is vaccinated, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. No, this you was when you were... I call her my nanny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this was your babysitter a long time ago. She's a friend of ours. I don't want to say her name, but she... She believes all that stuff about the vaccine changing your DNA and that just tons sure. of stuff they don't. She believes in the conspiracy theories. Well, you know, I just got a haircut by our friend Vicky, and, uh, you know, she was talking about she had to have a new kidney because uh, when she got the chicken pox when she was like 
five years old, she had a, a huge fever and infection, mm. and it kind of gave her uh, bad kidneys for the rest of her life, which is because they didn't have a, a chickenpox vaccine back at that then. time. So that's right. That's interesting. Right. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Again, we're not going to be sure about what the long-term effects of all of this are. So, well, I you thought, will. You like, will in fifty years. You'll be. You'll mm-hmm. get to see your friends keel over or whatever they do. Sure. This is going so I'm, well. I'm, it's so funny, I'm, by the way. This Captain Jack the Fun oh, King. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now for our comedian talking about death and destruction. Yeah. And, uh, nobody has a job and they sell their underwear on Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you finished, you recorded your album. How's that yes. going? Is it done? It's good. Yeah, it's done. Well, I send it to you. Thanks for listening. I haven't listened um, to it yet. I know. <laughs> That's why I said thank you. But, I, uh, yeah. you know, you'll hear it uh, six years later when it. No, I actually, I was kind of waiting for the finished product. Sure. If you want me to listen to it before the finished product, why would I do that? You know, appreciate your input and insight. Oh, you mean to say, uh, congratulations, son, you win a first place prize for participation. Yeah, I think that. All right, I can do that. You (laughs) could go. That's what our generation did. Hey, they're... uh, Congratulations! This is great and perfect, and doesn't need any edits. Or you could go, oh, "Hey, if I were you, I'd take this chunk out and replace it with this, and do you know?" Okay, I don't so know. here's I'm going to clue it you in on something. Yeah. I don't trust myself <laughs> anymore. No, well, I don't. Like, I'm not going to take your word for it. I'm going to. If I needed know. computer help, I would ask a 12 year old to help me instead of helping them. And I honestly don't know that I know what works. It, like for example. Uh, and I use this joke, anytime I think I have advice for you, I yeah. sort of get the literal pull my finger old man kind of a thing. <laughs> and, and I actually believe that. I, I, I don't know what audiences today, like I don't know what would go viral. If, if that guy had told me that he was going to, what did he do, hang off the back of a truck with the skateboard singing a Fleetwood Mac song, if he said, this is going to make, make me famous, I would have said, there's no way. So, um, plus I... I um, I just celebrate everything you do, so I, I just, uh, and I'm a little lazy. And so I, I figured I'd That's just fine. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but, but the, anyway, I'm I have it. trouble. It's in, it's in my email. Sure. Yes. Well, no rush, you know, the it'll come out eventually. And Clearly no rush, yes. You've heard, I mean, you've, this is the thing is you've heard the jokes for the last year of me. Yes. You know, yes. saying you don't know is kind of a, a cop out because I, I test my jokes on you every week. You know, that's what the idea of this podcast was is to give me purpose and to keep me writing because I want to impress you, you know? Oh, so wow. I do, I, I appreciate, but when you're wrong, you're wrong and uh, that's fine. You're happy to tell me, which is wonderful. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, they're trying to get me the the, the name the album, and it's uh, that's frustrating me because I'm I'm like I wrote the thing. I don't want to do all this. You know, yeah. they're like trying to get me to synchronize the where do you want it to c- cut the track here or thirty mm-hmm. seconds later? And I'm like, you guys are the label people. You tell me what works. <laughs> okay, so you would you like my help? I, I yes. Okay, so here's what I want to tell you: is what old people need more than anything else, to feel useful and to be needed. I'm I, I'm learning that through this conversation. You know, it's a thing too with sometimes <laughs> yes. with women where it's like, where I'll go like, hey, if you want to hang out this weekend, let me know, and they're like, 
well, if he really wanted to hang out, he That's would just right. demand and yeah. set up a reservation. And I'm like, right. uh, I just don't know if you got your kids or what's going hey, on. I still get that, and I've been married 40 years, and I'm like, if I'm not the man, where do those kids come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So a name for your album. How about uh, When You're Wrong, You're Wrong? No, that's not it. <laughs> Something. Uh, well, you know they what? wanted to go with uh, You're Not a Wizard. That was one of their ideas. I love that one. Okay. But yeah. that, see, that to me, I no, like it. Oh, but hold it on. Feels, Pull my right. finger. See, you I'm, not, my I'm just offering a, deb I'm a debater. I'm just yeah. giving you my You're point of view. You're a master debater. Yeah. Listen, that is the, the favorite... That yeah. is the favorite uh, title so far, but right. you're not it a wizard. Feels it's like, you know, just it's my oldest joke on the album, and it's all you know. I feel a little mm. corny, but I thought maybe uh, someone left a YouTube comment that said "clever wordplay," clever wordplay and relaxed vibes, which I thought was fun. I think that perfectly describes what my comedy is, and people clicking it will get the right idea. And uh, you know what? You're not a wizard. I don't know. <laughs> After all, it would, well, that would be a wizard. You're not a wizard. Anyway, either way, I love I'm you. excited to head out on tour and I'm going to work on all sorts of new jokes because, right. you know, doing a bunch of shows in a row is where you can really hammer the kinks out. Because when you're home, there's all these distractions. Like, yes. yeah. you know, I'll play Xbox for six hours or sleep till <laughs> 4 p.m., but I'm on tour and there's. You know, nobody texting you like, come to our party. You know, not that it ever happens to me, but hypothetically. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. All um, right, the last thing on your on your list, and we have downtown Joe standing by. I hope you'll stand by for Joe. Uh, of course. And I'm not even sure I want to ask you about this one. It says, uh, had the most awkward massage. Mm. Yes. Mm. So was, was this something you paid for? Yeah, well, yeah, it was a professional massage. Okay. I didn't, it, it did not get a happy ending. So it was a um, I'm yeah. actually this. That is my happy ending that you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a happy beginning to, uh, but um, um, okay. it's a happy you know, beginning usually, to this. I've had a lot of yeah, yeah. I'm, ha I'm, you know, I usually have an active lifestyle because I'm on tour. I'm, I'm lugging suitcases. I'm climbing in and out of Ubers. I'm crying in the fetal position. <laughs> sure, it's sure. very active. Sure, but I've, you know, my. But the last whatever, my couch is aging in dog years, and so I've I've just been uh, I've had some lingering issue, soreness and issues, and so I went and got a professional massage, and I think she was hitting on me, hmm. but I also think it was partly my fault. Like maybe hmm. I gave her the wrong impression because she's massaging my neck and like kind of pulling my hair, and uh, and I was like, hey, usually I'm the one doing the choking in the relationship. And, <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. You're, all right, this is a bit. I get it. It's very funny. Keep going. But, yeah, yeah. But this is all true. I, I promise. Not, you, you do not say that to someone. I no. swear to you. No, I don't believe you know, it. I, no, I do. Okay, keep going, though. I'll pretend I'll go along. It's yeah. a defense mechanism. I can't help it. You know, sure, I, it, awkward situation. I'm uncomfortable. I break the tension with a joke. But then she started asking me very personal questions. You know, she was like, are you single? And hey, when was your last relationship? And why didn't that work out? And like really in depth and, and uncomfortable for me. And like every time I tried to deflect with a non-answer, she would kind of like dig her knuckle into my thigh <laughs> like I was a prisoner at Abu Ghraib, you know? <laughs> I think that's I'd just a good like, massage, but keep going. Yeah, yes. I'd, be like, yeah. I'd be like, 
oh, you know, sometimes things don't work out, and uh, who can know? And then she jams it in there, and I'm like, ah, I didn't appreciate her enough. I had low confidence and didn't think I deserved love, you know? And I was like, I don't know what's more painful, the physical therapy or the emotional therapy. But, right. but and she was either hitting on me or taking out all of her past relationships. I think on that me. might have been it. Yeah, yeah vicariously. But we'd move on, and she then she would kind of be like, "So, what kind of traits do you look for in a partner?" And you're kidding. And um, even before I can answer, I can feel her hands tightening around my neck, and so I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I can't, I can't get this answer wrong. I should say something that describes her so she doesn't murder me, but I don't know anything about her. So I was kind of like, oh, strong thumbs, you know, well, that's my, that's what I'm into. But well, Mr. anyway, I have a girlfriend now and she's very, we're very happy is what she tells me. And, um, oh, she's yeah, it was just, a uh, yeah. just an awkward, it was an awkward. So she probably has a girlfriend. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. That's the end of the. That's ended of ended a little the ambiguously, it, but I'm actually pleased with that. Thank you. <laughs> your son. Can you hang out for downtown I Joe? Wanna, I didn't want to end it on your face there, but uh, thank you very much. <laughs> that's a little rude. I don't know if you could follow that downtown Joe, but welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you. Yeah, it was that was fun, Andrew. I enjoyed it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to j- get in there and sidetrack. But that and anytime you, you need, didn't want to uh, jam your hand in there and <laughs> exactly. But anytime yeah. you need somebody to give you feedback, I will always give you honest feedback and tell you what's great and what's not. So oh, thanks. Can, I will send you my uh, the rough cut of my album, and uh, you you can uh, be the father I never had. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, because I could hear him desperately. <laughs> wanting that and bob i don't think you were picking up he's a, he doesn't need your approval he wants your 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 genius he wants your your input not to say he's going to take it but you know he'll compile well everything. exactly i i will do all this work and he'll go you don't know what you're talking about old man but that's but he, okay you're, i'll do it if right. he wants me to yeah well he's well, instead right. of instead of watching the the third season of a trashy netflix show you could spend an hour being proud of your son <laughs> You know? The worst shows wow. don't have a third season, by the way. We watch well, the show, Bachelorette we go... is on season twenty, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Bachelorette. Hi, okay. right, Joe. What's up with you? Well, I'm. You know, it's like day forty-eight of no rain in Seattle. The most perfect summer we've ever had, and uh, been enjoying it for the most part. I reunited with my football team for the first time in two years today. The NFL is back. Training camp is on, and uh, was out there at our. Uh, the training camp's right down the street from my house, so got to see our Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll for the first time. And mm-hmm. before I went, actually, I went to get something to eat. And one thing you said there, Andrew, is so true, is we are not really reopening because I went to a restaurant that I hadn't been to for a while, Mexican restaurant, really good Mexican restaurant. And I looked at the menu, and it had, like, totally changed since the last time I was there. And I thought, oh, is this like a special menu because they're close to the Seahawks training camp and they've jacked up the prices and they've got less things to choose from and, and everything, and, and it's just a temporary deal. And then I saw a sign on the door that says, we apologize for, uh, you know, a limited menu and, and, uh, and a lower capacity and everything, but we can't find any staffing. And I said, oh, yeah. That, that, man, it says a Mexican restaurant. If you can't find Mexican people to cook Mexican food, I mean, this is, this is getting bad, you know? Um, the, the Mexicans any, are going back over the wall. They're like, hey, there's nothing left over here. Any, any 
Yeah. Anywhere you go in the world, you're going to have a Mexican cooking some good food for you. Ireland, I mean, anywhere. It's like you know you're in trouble if Mexican restaurants can't find stuff. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And and so what? why do you think that is, Joe? Do you think that um, – do you think people have left – when the restaurants, obviously a lot of them were closed for a big part of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you think they got a different job? Do you think they're in the Amazon warehouse stuffing stuff in a box to drop off at your house? What do you think they're doing? You bet. Well, everywhere I go around here to a grocery or something, now hiring $20 an hour. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to get, you know, you're going to get paid more. And I I talked about this a year ago when we were podcasting, paying people not to work when you're paying them more not to work than they were getting paid to work. It's mighty hard to get them to come back to work. And that's what's happened with a lot. The unemployment incentives are still going. Yes. Uh, the rent moratoriums. Now they're ending, they're ending in September, right? Oh, yeah. It's all going to come to a screeching halt just in time for the snow to fly. This is going to get yeah. a little, you know, a little a little ugly. But uh, but the Seahawks uh, camp was was good. And, Andrew, I was actually going to make you an offer. Uh, I know you've, uh, you, you're have you a busy guy, but I know you're also Andrew, playing. Andrew, you a- don't need another credit card. I'm just saying. No, no, not a credit card. But, uh, <laughs> but if you, if you want to go out. If you want to go to Seahawks camp, I I got uh, passes for the 6th, which is next Friday. And I know you're already headlining a show, so I don't know if you can do two in one day. Oh, yeah. uh, If it's during the day, that's that's pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a one. It, it's like show up at noon, get done by three kind of thing. Yeah. So his, his Xbox will that. miss him, but his dad will be busy <laughs> busy editing his show. And the so Seahawks have good like masseurs, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh they got everything out there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the the in uh, it's you know the Pete Carroll is our coach, and he's older than probably all of us put together, and he still looks younger than anybody <laughs> anybody going. He is pumped. He's out Great there, coach. Yeah, literally jumping up and down. It is a it was a good thing. They bust he, needs, in. he needs to get that team back to a Super Bowl. You think it could happen this year? I hope so. You know, I think it, I think this could be the year as long as uh, you know we only have one player unvaccinated and nobody's saying who. And I'm really I'm really mm-hmm. curious because uh, we we last year and I say we it's not I'm not part of them but I feel like I am. Um, last year we didn't have a single case of COVID. No nobody missed any practices already the baltimore ravens and their star uh lamar jackson's got it so i think it's it's almost becoming a who can stay healthy as much as is how good are you so yeah and the olympics too that is a big part of um all those kinds of things yeah a lot of it is health but uh yeah if you want to go andrew and they give you popsicles at the end too uh they they give (laughs) us uh, popsicles but that's the country for thanks new dad i'm happy to join you anytime (laughs) yeah and uh it's funny because uh you know that they make you wear a mask they bus you in and they make you wear a mask not at camp but at on the bus and Mm -hmm. so everybody's puts on their mask then you get off you take off your mask but when you're leaving the it's 90 something degrees it's hot and they say, here's a popsicle. And uh, uh, all I'll say is try eating a popsicle on a 90-degree day with a mask on. It's not yeah. that easy. So do you shove it up against the mask and suck it, suck the juice quick before <laughs> well, it falls you down kinda, your chin? You kind of you go under the mask is what oh, okay. I did. I've often wondered about that because everywhere, whether you're on a plane. Well, think back to your high school days. <laughs> well, but the point is, is they, they have the he rules for the mask. participating in any of those types of activities. Yeah, yeah. but you have to take off the mask to eat. 
Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. yeah so it's Co- sort of silly. Come on, but the first flying I did was coming back from Disneyland a couple of weeks ago, and they give you the little snack and the, and the water, and that's when you get to demask for a while. And uh, and I forgot to put mine on for about ten minutes, and I and I I policed myself, but I was amazed that uh, somebody didn't get on me for that one. And I'm by the way, I'm ashamed of you, Joe. I'm ashamed yeah. of you. Shame, shame. My finger is wagging. You can't see it. Well, it was it was unintentional, I'll tell you that, and uh, I was afraid I'd paid the price because right after I talked to you guys last week, I started not feeling so good, and it wasn't. Uh-oh. Uh, it was it, yeah. I mean, I had the first. I haven't had a sniffle for over a year, and I had the worst headache I'd had in my life, and it came and went for a couple of days. So I finally got my first COVID test. I'd never had one up until no now. No kidding. And yeah, I went and did the thing up the nose and everything, and. Uh, turned out negative but uh but it's you got to be careful even if you're vaccinated these days and uh and especially uh I, we just got the word i'm a teacher and we're going to be uh having to wear our masks all next year so oh no kidding so i'm in the market or at least until further notice i'm in the market for a more comfortable mask they got to start getting <laughs> you know we got to if we're going to be doing this for a while let's let's get let's get some Let's get some customization going. Let's get some air holes in there to breathe or something. I mean, it's... Uh, so you do understand that the whole point of the mask is to filter the air. Well, n- not for me. It's formalities. I'm vaccinated. I just need something for the legalities. Okay. I want, I want uh, something. Uh, uh, I hate to do this, but this is my role. Um, yeah. You do know that the efficacy of the vaccine is now dwindled with this new variant to somewhere in the 60s percentage. Yeah, so you, and I, yeah you know that. I know that. And I also know that I just uh, heard it with a third dose, you're good to go like five times better than you were before. Yes. So uh, can you borrow a homeless man's ID and go get a third <laughs> dose? There's so many rednecks that don't want any of this stuff. There's plenty to go around. So I mean, are just you going to go on a Facebook Marketplace and say anti-vaxer? I'll give you a ten. Bu- I'll give you a coupon yeah. for a free pizza well, for your ID. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's not a. It's there's no shortage of vaccination vaccines right now. It's no, just no, no, shortage. no. But you can't get a third vaccine until they clear you. Until they actually clear that to be a thing. Right. And, oh, I'm not. And it says you've got to wait nine to ten months anyway. I think before to kick that booster in. But uh, well, but, they'll say something different every three or four days. Yeah, and I, and I, I and I'll, I will put that contingency out there, Andrew, on the training camp as long as they will still let us in because you know today was the first day, and uh, like I said, the Seahawks are clear. But NFL, they're saying if you're team costs us any games it's going to cost the teams directly now so they may start shutting down this fans coming to training camp and stuff if the if the wave gets going but well how are they going to make it cost the teams are they going to like deduct a few points from their score no, they're going to deduct a few million dollars from their bottom line. They're oh, saying oh. they're they're saying if you last year they went they went to full extremes to try to reschedule games and everything. Now they're saying if you have players that aren't vaccinated that test positive that cause your team to cancel the game, you're going to forfeit and get a loss, and you're going to pay uh, the other team and your team because uh, no players are getting paid. Uh, it's they're going to they're wow. going to make the make any uh, cancellations due to negligence on the vaccines. A All right, what does everybody think of this? Zip. <laughs> I'm not. I, you hate taking a harsh stance against anything. That's why I come to you first. <laughs> 
Is that fair? I'll, I'll pass. Yes. I'll pass. <laughs> so of Bob and fair. Pat's the show. NFL is a <laughs> business, and they're trying to make billions of dollars. So yeah. if you get in the way it's, of that, resistance it's is a business. Futile. Zip, isn't it a business? Yes, it is a business. All right, thank you for all that insight. Uh, Ed, what do you think? <laughs> I, I will probably err on the side of caution. You would, you, but you would be. This is a really interesting thing because businesses should be able to make these decisions, and that's a very, um, shall I say, conservative point of view. Yeah, and I, I happen to agree with that completely. Um, you know, a gay wedding cake is different because it's that's, a it's discrimination against a protect, yeah. protected class, and that's actually a law. But when it comes to making money without being bigoted towards one particular kind of human, uh, unless you want to declare anti-vaxxers a race, no, one of it's also their good own. for yeah, nothing to do with the genes yeah. and genetics. And it's anything. also good for society because the because people don't necessarily pay attention to the politics or the politicians, but sure. people watch the NFL religiously. So if they see the NFL, even somebody they like. And oftentimes the coaches are big guys or guys that, you know, an average NFL fan could relate to. So uh, that is one way to help convince, you know, hesitant people to actually get the vaccine when they see other people taking it seriously. But where that leads, I think, is the NFL making it mandatory. No longer can you have a team member not vaccinated. Right, Joe? Well, that's what they're saying, yeah. and this is basically them making it mandatory without. It's like, okay, you don't have to get a vaccine, but you don't if have you to get test paid. positive yeah. and it costs us any money, it's coming out of your pocket. You're not yeah. getting a paycheck. Well, you're not getting a win. It might cost you a Super Bowl. So that's where I get back to uh, gaming, the, gaming the virus is almost going to be as important is you know how many passes you can complete. Right. Keeping right. your team healthy is going to be part of a part of what makes you a winning team. If they start docking you for not being healthy, yeah, I think last year everybody thought, well, we'll just get through this year because a lot of games had to get canceled and then it'll be over. But it's not over. It's not. By the way, I don't think it's likely to ever be fully over. Over? It's not over till Fauci <laughs> says it's over. Right, because there's going to always be new variants. And uh, let's hope the variants don't get any deadlier. As long as they don't get deadlier, they're just going to keep whipping through all the unvaccinated people. And then the rest of us sad sacks who have less efficacy, we might get a cold. But as, as Andrew was saying, I think we were saying, who knows what the 10, 20, 30 year effects are of this down the road. Don't know. Mm. So. Yeah, it was just like lead paint or asbestos or anything else, the stuff that was going just on. Just like lead paint. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 looked, it looked pretty 40 years ago, you know? Yeah. Nobody thought it was like the Joe ate paint chips, and he turned out just fine. <laughs> That's awesome stuff. A little Joe. mercury, all that stuff yeah. that we used mercury to Mercury in my tuna. Oh, yeah, yeah. we oh, used yeah. to get exposed to all that stuff. Yes, yeah, so only uh, the best tasting tuna. <laughs> Get to be yeah. Uh, all, all, all we know, and Dr. Fauci's the expert, not me, but I think the longer it hangs around, the more it gets a chance to morph and get it yeah. into other places and things. So the simple solution would be to get a vaccine. And uh, Yeah, uh, but it's, uh, uh, so it's not a solution. It's to help America in the short term because I read, I don't know if you read about Bangladesh at all anymore because we were there. Remember that? 
Yeah, and they had a real outbreak uh, you heard a couple months okay. ago. Oh, yeah. Because oh, no, they don't have days. a vaccine. They don't have vaccines. They have billions of people. Uh, maybe not. It's, maybe it's 800 million. I forget the population of Bangladesh. But guess who they export to? Well, us. all over the world, but us, especially with clothing and everything. I pulled a shirt out of my closet yesterday. Lisa was embarrassed that I mentioned this in front of friends at dinner. Because <laughs> uh, we were going out to dinner last night, and I thought, perhaps I should put a shirt with buttons on. <laughs> Good call, Bob. <laughs> you fashion plate, you. Seriously, because... <laughs> well, are you, you sure are I can't wear the sweatpants? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I was going out to dinner in a restaurant, so I said, okay, I'll put a shirt with buttons on. And I looked in the closet, and the, the shirt said, made in Bangladesh. And it was a brand new shirt, 10 bucks. At Ocean State Job Lots, we shop at only the finest yeah. <laughs> uh, places. Job lots. But uh, but I, I, I thought about that, and I had just read that Bangladesh is basically shut down now, and all their factories have closed, and that we will no longer, we will have supply shortages. You know what we get from there? We get a lot of clothing. Uh, we also get a lot of pharmaceuticals from Bangladesh. Mm. Uh, they have 163 million people, and, you know, it, how big is it? I think it's like the size of, not even the size of Texas. Wow. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, the whole supply chain for just about everything is, is broke. Uh, I, I went into a gas station to buy a bottle of water today, and there was, there was like one, two brands to choose from where usually there would be 50, you know, a whole cooler full. And it's because it's not getting delivered. Gas isn't getting delivered. The, uh, the, the one that, that really surprised me today, you know what we're out of in Washington State no. is license plates. The prisoners uh, had to quarantine and quit making license plates for cars. We don't have any new cars to put them on anyway. But, but ever since we defunded the police, you know, yeah. they're not arresting people. That's we true. legalize all the drugs, and oh, now we can't find license plates. That's why we have to keep license plates. They're issuing paper. Paper license plates for the next six months in Washington State wow. to, until they can get caught up on making license plates. So it's kind of you're kind of running out of everything. And uh, these are tough, rich country problems, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Tough. Can you imagine? Well, being, remember Bangladesh? Remember how the people live there? And it's and like here, you got the greatest vaccines in the world, and you got a bunch of people saying, "No, I don't want to get it." There, you've got 163 million people living in a tiny uh, country. And they would love a vaccine, but no one gives them one. Yeah, we should, you know, give all the Mississippi and Alabama and all the people that aren't using them, just send them over there or send a third one to me or something. Don't just let yeah. them sit around. By the way, would you brought that up. Would you, if you could, would you just go get a third vaccine tomorrow just for the heck of it? Well, not for the heck of it, but if I was told that that's, you know, that it's time and that's what it would uh, Okay, that's so you're waiting for take. Dr. Fauci. He's waiting for your approval. Go! That's no. I, I wouldn't, by the way, if I could sneak in there and get one. And I'm at this point, I wouldn't feel guilty because I know I'm not taking it away from someone that wants one. I'm taking it away from someone with a dusty old MAGA hat. <laughs> I would I would get one but I know that you, you're going to ask you for your name and your insurance card and they're going to say you already have to uh, but it's it, there's already research that says if I got another Pfizer vaccine right now my efficacy would go back up into the 90s 
Mm. It's just the CDC, the Center for Disease and Population Control and Management, (laughs) you know, has to decide what their priorities are. And, you know, once they say that, like, they don't tell you as soon as they know it's a good idea. They tell you after they figure out all the politics and all the logistics. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'd go, I, I, I trust the vaccines. I'd have one well, for lunch, one for dinner, and a tasty <laughs> vaccine before dinner. <laughs> a sensible I, vaccine at night. Yeah. I used to joke that I'd take anything for free except disease. I didn't realize that that was actually going to be a choice in my life at some point. <laughs> great but, Scott. But it was, yeah. Yeah. A great Scott. I think that's Blue right. Shield's um, uh, motto. That's right. yeah, right. true. All right, Joe, what else you got? we got about five minutes left. Go. Well, uh, the other thing, and this has been a pretty all-consuming thing, is my daughter is uh, – going back to college and she's transferring to western washington number one i have found where i want to be the rest of my life bellingham Bellingham. yeah put me in a little condo in fairhaven and i am good that's that's Uh it that's that's my final rest since you're talking to people in detroit and boston and (laughs) uh and hooterville uh tell them I, i happen to agree with you by the way i think bellingham's an amazing town tell them a little bit about it well, I hadn't been there really with any seriousness for about 20 years. I don't know why, but my business hadn't taken me up north much. I know you know it better than me, Bob, but when it's I was near up the Canadian there, border, by the way, it's uh, yeah, yeah, maybe and half hour I, from a, the border. It's a college town, and when I was up there, when I was a college-age kid, Fairhaven was a bunch of hippies. I mean, it was like just a kind of the part of town that was all really granola, you know, and hippies. Well, all those hippies kind of aged and got money, so now it's kind of a more affluent bunch of hippies with nice condos and stuff and, and views of the water uh, yeah, but yeah. i absolutely love it but I, what i'll say about this whole uh, finding housing is good luck it's 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 such a housing crunch up there for yeah, college everywhere. kids yeah. so i've been me and emily have been trying to uh find her a place to live and i am kind of shamelessly well, saying anybody who has a good place in bellingham let me know because we're kind of still <laughs> yeah, you've been shameless on facebook i saw that but you are a rich hippie so why don't you uh, why don't you guys just move up there and let her uh, live in your uh, a trailer in your backyard or something? Well, I'm I'm not that rich, but I am thinking about actually doing that. But I don't want to buy anything right now. Number one, uh, it's uh, very there. People are bidding up like crazy up there mm-hmm. to get something. I don't like to buy in a market like that. Number two, she may go up there and decide she doesn't like it, and then I've got a place up there with nobody in it, and then I yeah. have to figure out what to do. So yeah. so we. Uh, We've been going to the rental places up there, the, okay. the like the the where you go the leasing office, and I'll tell you, you go into one of those leasing offices, it's like the phones ringing off the hook. People oh. are in lines. It's it's like clamoring. Mm. It's like emergency room in Jackson, Mississippi during the COVID wave. I mean, it's terrible. It's really uh, super busy. But we found one, and uh, it popped up literally, like, while we were there. And he said, well, what about this one? Is this available? She goes, oh, it just came up. It's available. So we go and look at this apartment, and uh, I don't know if I – Rustic is way too kind of a word for this oh, place. It's dilapidated. Yeah. Well, it's not dilapidated. I think it'll stand for at least this year. But uh, there's the floor is plywood. I mean, it's a plywood floor. No. Yeah, and and I came back and I said, well, 
you know, it's, it's obviously we weren't expecting a dishwasher and we weren't expecting a lot of things, but I was expecting to have something on the floor. I said, it's just the subfloor. It's just plywood. And she goes, oh, I'm sure they're putting carpet or something down. She goes, let me check. She makes a call. She goes, uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, property manager says that that floor has been lacquered. That is now a... <laughs> <laughs> lacquered plywood. Yeah, yeah. it's lacquered plywood. So it's <laughs> like their version of hardwood or something, you oh, know. It's, but they're so, there's nothing up there. So it's like, oh. well, I guess we could get an area rug. And, and there's, you know, the, ba- the bathtub is like... Is this an like, apartment for one? She's not going to have a roommate? Well, she she's got a boyfriend, and it's kind oh. of a you know he's kind of part of the picture, but uh, I think he's moving there. But that's a whole other part. I didn't want to muddy the waters, and here's where I maybe should start being a little quieter when I talk because okay, uh, whisper he, it and and, yeah, and nobody will he, hear it. Go he ahead. may come <laughs> uh, because these people, man, they they do some diligence on their checking they they have not told us that we got this place yet but they already got back to me uh the w2 you sent was a little blurry could you please resend it today they checked they they texted emily are you planning on bringing your cat and it's like how the heck do they know we have a cat i mean we never social media they you know they explore social andrew you know this stuff right yeah, I mean, even before you go on a date, you look at someone's Facebook and what they posted sure. in 2013 and judge right. them by it. And, but yes. to rent them an apartment with a go. plywood floor, you're going to go on their social media? I mean, come is on. There, is there a pole in the basement? That's this, what this, from, this from Joe, the young hippie, who was yeah. the guy in charge of getting the keg for the for the. Uh, High school it's, parties in the well, woods, right? And, and it Supply would be and demand, you know? <laughs> no, that's it. And it would be fine. If we were looking, when I went to college, and I don't know about you guys what your living situations were, but I rented a house with uh, three other guys, and we paid 200 bucks a month. Mm. Total, $50 a guy we paid to live in a house in Ellensburg, Washington. This little place... Uh, with a with a exposed subfloor, with you know, uh, not so good. One thousand seventy five dollars a month. I mean, it's over a thousand bucks a month for a little six hundred square foot apartment. That's quite a lot. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's quite a bit. But so. it's her own place, and she has her own toilet that flushes, right? <laughs> uh, well, actually, yes. And I tested that. That's another one I better talk quite about. But I tested. Yeah, I tested the toilet. I said, "Honey, I you, think stay you were caught here. on I'll camera sure. when you were testing it." By the way, I'll make sure the toilet works. <laughs> How often yeah. does your dad use the toilet? By the way, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so, at least we know uh, the plumbing's okay because yeah. you stress tested it. Yeah, but it's been it, it, it's up here. I mean, we are so I gotta say blessed in a lot of ways. The, the Eastern Washington is on fire, a hundred miles east of us, but the smoke's blowing your guys' way. You're getting more of our smoke in Vermont than we're That's right. getting in Seattle. Oh, I we've mean, had hazy so. days for like three days, and also we've had more rain than I've ever seen. Like, yeah, and almost an inch of rain every day. And we haven't had a drop of rain in almost two months. Now that's a whole nother deal, though, is I'm trying to keep my grass alive. So I'm, uh, I'm actually keep that watering. grass alive. Keep that yeah. grass alive. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the only guy. I've never been the, the guy on my street with the nicest yard, but at least mm. for a month I have been because I got all brand new landscaping, and sure. it's like it's a wonderful time to have it. But I'm, you know, I've got to keep it alive. So you I, don't have a sprinkler system. 
Oh yeah, I got the. I finally got for the front yard. I did. I don't. I, I think I'm, your I'm, hip, I think your hippie membership card has to be forfeited and returned. I oh, yeah. that notion, man. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. You can't see alive. this. Yeah. I don't have a video like Andrew, but I'm going to start my sprinkler system right now. I'll just hit a button on my phone and off we go. It's about yeah. that time of night. Somebody take away his his jeans, please, with the holes in the knees. Take away his Hirachi sandals. He's no longer a hippy dippy man. Well, I, I am going to go to the Jerry Garcia birthday party next Sunday, so hopefully oh, that'll keep that, my man. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, that'll keep my hippie card going, and that's up in uh, Bellingham, which is still. Why kind didn't of a you say town. so? I'm sorry, I'm trying to steal the teaching John line. So the last thing I'll say, I want a, a little pillow yes. talk. I just wanted your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, uh, when I was up there in Bellingham, the one thing that has happened is it's grown quite a bit, and they've got some pretty nice hotels up there now. And mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law works for Marriott, so we stayed at one of her properties, got a good deal. Nice. But I've never had this happen. Uh, do you check your phone when you wake up usually? from? Is You keep it pretty close? Uh, yeah, next to my heart. Yes. Well, I do too. Well, I, I check my phone and download my email. First email I say is, it says, uh, I hope you slept well, uh, and, and I figured it was checkout information. It said, if you liked any of, of what you had here, click here, and it was to buy anything from the oh, bed the mattresses? to the sheets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. anything. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, they've literally got me while I'm laying there going, you know, I do kind of <laughs> like a wonderful this. I mean, bed, this is, yes. This is good marketing. It's not the bed. It's the pillow. Oh yeah, the well, the Marriott pillow. It's their signature pillow, sure. And it's it seems to be just the right blend of feathers. That, and, I, I, I would buy any pillow that doesn't say the election was rigged. Yeah, that's basically. I, I, I'm getting one. I told yeah. my birthday's coming. I told Kelly. I said I want some of these Marriott pillows, and they're not even that expensive. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're nah. sixty sixty five bucks each or something. But that, that's was, a new I, marketing uh, thing, by the way. Uh, Lisa and I were at a holiday in Hampton Beach and we were saying gosh this bed is comfortable and next morning we woke up and there was a message saying if you like the bedding you can buy it and we almost did we understand you think the bed is comfortable (laughs) (laughs) I bet uh, I bet they're putting chips in the my pillows you know because everyone I know that has one wakes up saying all sorts of crazy stuff I bet they (laughs) implant a like a speaker because you're gonna lay down in your in your at your night and you're gonna subliminal message in your head the election was rigged absolutely one one place yes okay let's wrap it up guys yeah last thing yeah there uh uh, one place they are using chips which if you go with me next friday andrew you'll find out is they give (laughs) they give little transponders to the media out there at the uh, seahawks camp and it's ah. a transponder to let you know if you're getting too close. If if you're if you're getting too close to a player, it'll start buzzing. Wow! Because they have like a a twenty foot they have a twenty foot barrier between the players. They used to get autographs and all kinds of stuff. Now they have a twenty foot. I guess you could call it a dead zone. Although that might be a little not the thing you want to call it. The but dead zone. they have 
a 20-foot barrier, and you have to keep that distance. And uh, if, if a player's getting too close or something, it'll buzz you because they are doing their best, you know, to not mingle any germs Seahawks, out there. the one team that's not going to have any COVID. I had a girlfriend yeah. like that with a cattle prod, did the same thing. It was terrible. <laughs> Downtown Joe. Joe, always good to hear from you. It's good to know the NFL is up and happening, and we'll root for your Seahawks this year because we don't have Tom Brady anymore. And yeah. Next week we're going to have Chuck Opperman on the show. Chuck went to uh, William Shatner's 90th birthday party. Wow. And hung out with him for a day. He's going to tell us what that's like. Chuck also lives in Tampa and wanted to know how it felt to watch Tom Brady win the Super Bowl, uh, which for some New England people would be tough. For me, it was great. I, I love seeing some old guy who was put out the pasture and people thought he was through come back and kick somebody's ass. Tom Brady's about the only guy who's like, I really don't like Tom Brady. And I had to really not like him for so many years that right. it's finally like, I think he's got the best of me. You win, Tom. I got to admit, I kind of yeah. like you now. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, it's hard. Do you like him because he went to the Biden White House? Be honest. No. Well, I, I did like that. I thought that was yeah, good. But I hurt, like him yeah. because, you know, he's you got to admit, I mean, he's he's the best. It, it hurts my it hurts my mouth to even say that a little bit. <laughs> but, but he really is. Did you so. hear what he said when he was at the White House? Uh, I heard him say something about it. Well, I know he didn't come previously during the last he, administration. He didn't come. Well, there was, I guess, COVID, and then there was uh, Trump was at war with the uh, NFL. But no, when he was at the White House, he said, "Yeah, a lot of people say that my win was faked or something, that it was rigged, yeah, yeah. that I didn't win." It was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was his way of saying, "No, I'm not picking one party or the other." Or you know, I'm a football player, which is, right. is kind of nice. Yeah. I always liked him because I came from New England, uh, but I certainly rooted for the Seahawks anytime they were against each other. And I don't know what I would do if that happened again. I think I'd have to root for the Seahawks because I don't live in Tampa. <laughs> but yeah. he is the greatest of all time. There's just no doubt about it. Well, I'm going to go, speaking of a, a super spreader deluxe, I'm going to go to Vegas and see the Seahawks in a couple weeks. So we'll see wow. how that goes. Joe. First. First game with fans in the stands in Las Vegas, the Seahawks and the Raiders. That's going to be a doozy. I'd, I'd steal a homeless man's ID and go get your third <laughs> first, please. Please do that. Okay. Or you, you know you've got a lot of right-wing friends. You can find an anti-vaxxer that will let you go in their stead. Okay. God love you, Joe. And, Andrew, thank you very much. Zip. All right. Are we keeping you up? <laughs> no, i was feeling out. bad because it's midnight here for the us little blue pill does that <laughs> well i know he has to go to work in the morning and ed you're you're a narcoleptic ed so you work whatever yes. you want anyway right. folks next week we'll have chuck opperman on uh we're working on spike spike has a job in portland oregon now so he's actually commuting during the week Wow! It, 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 did you know this? No, I haven't checked in with Spike for a did while. I've been wondering. I heard the okay. band's back on the stage, so that's yes. great. They are playing, but he had this job, and it's a good job. And it was supposed to be, you know, it was virtual, so he could do it from anywhere. And now they're getting everybody back together in the offices. Oh, um, so yeah, he's uh, and he. You you talk about trying to rent a room? It's very hmm. tough anywhere. Because everybody's traveling all of a sudden. And right. uh, he, he, he did say something like, don't ever stay at Motel 6. 
It's not, you know, if they leave a light on for you, the roaches will be crawling across yeah, the Yeah, they leave the light on, but there's no doors. Yeah. <laughs> no, he said it was terrible. Maybe it's not all Motel 6s. Someone could fill me in if they like that chain, but... Uh, this Tom Bodav from Motel 6. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we'll hopefully you have Spike on next week. Joe, be well. Zip, thank you. Ed Kelly, rock and roll. Yes, Andrew, see you in three weeks. Kirkland, August 6th. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip.
Bob's World. <laughs> Bob's World. Bob's World.